Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. Hello. Today I am trusting that you would be encouraged not to give up. That you would gain perspective understanding that the wilderness experiences you have are seasons in which God will protect, provide, and very often be preparing you for the promises that still lie ahead in your life. And so for us to navigate this truth, I want us to look at some history documented in the Old Testament from the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. Now to give you some context around this book in the Bible... It was a period in which the Israelites, God's people, were at an all-time low when it came to their devotion to God. Under the reign of King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, they had introduced worship of the Phoenician god Baal. And so into this crisis situation, God called a man to be his voice to the people, calling his people back to him. And the man that was called to be the prophet to God's people was Elijah. Now, Elijah's first move when it came to declaring the truth of the living God over the worship of these false gods was to tell King Ahab that there would be no rain or dew that would fall on the ground until Elijah asked the true God to bring it. This was because Baal was a god of the weather who was supposedly able to bring the rains and bless the crops, bringing fruitfulness to the people. And so Elijah was wanting to prove to King Ahab that his idea of worshipping this false god meant nothing because his god would still have the power to withhold the rain. And so we read from 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 1 about the journey of Elijah in this period of his life. It says, Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kerith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside the Kerith brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening and he drank from the brook. But after a while the brook dried up for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die." But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. 
So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. And there are a few key observations I want us to make here that I believe align to the way God provides in our personal lives. Often provision can be something that leaves us anxious and overwhelmed. There's not the provision of finance where we need it. Or God, we're waiting on you to provide a breakthrough in this area of our lives. Or assistance with a relationship that needs to be restored. There's always the need for provision in our human experience. And often it can leave us stressed or asking more questions than having answers. And I want us to look at how Elijah's experience here correlates to the way God provides for us at certain seasons in our lives. And so firstly, I want us to understand that straight after Elijah had fulfilled the will of God by beginning to proclaim the truth of God to King Ahab, God then told him to go to the east and hide by the Kerith Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Now, this area Elijah was told to go to was known as a wilderness space, a place without the abundance that was found in the promised land where Ahab was king. The Kerith Brook was, of course, in the east, and it would then become the place in which God would protect Elijah from losing his life under the hand of Ahab that now wanted to kill him for causing a drought in his nation. It's very interesting because often when we serve God and we follow God, we can find ourselves in places that seem to contradict the promises which we assume we deserve or should receive from the promised land. But the reality is that sometimes God will lead you into the wilderness to protect you from threats in the promised land themselves. I don't know if you've ever felt like God is not giving you what he promised. You might look at where you are in your life right now and where you need provision, which is lacking. And you're going, but God, you promised. I can imagine Elijah saying, God, I've just done what you told me. And now I need to be standing here in the wilderness. God, you promised that you would bless me. God, you promised that you would provide for me. Sometimes the wilderness is actually part of the process to the promise. And here's the thing. God wasn't only protecting Elijah by sending him to the wilderness, but would provide for him in the wilderness what he would not even be able to receive if he had remained in the promised land. It tells us in verse 6 that he ate bread and meat each morning and evening and he drank from the brook. Now commentary from scripture around the context of this is interesting because in the New International Version, the commentary says to eat meat every day, to say nothing of twice a day, was not common fare for common people. Among them, meat was reserved for special occasions. Kings, on the other hand, seem to have had meat daily on their table. Elijah ate like a king in the very place that seemed to oppose the abundance of the promised land. I want you to hear today that God will often prepare a table of provision for you in the place that you least expect it. You might eat like a king in the very places that seem to oppose the abundance that you assumed was yours from the promised land. In Psalm 23 verse 5 it says, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. If God prepares provision for me in the presence of my enemies, maybe I need to focus less on why I find myself in this place and more on what God may be preparing for me. 
By leading Elijah into the undesirable wilderness, God firstly protected him and secondly provided in the most unlikely place through the most unlikely source. Verse 7 says the ravens were the ones that brought him the bread and the meat that he would eat each morning and evening. Now the ravens were meat eaters themselves and would likely eat the rotting meat of carcasses, yet they brought fresh meat to Elijah twice a day. They were also considered ceremonially unclean by the people of the time. So the idea of them being providers of meat that was clean food to enrich and sustain Elijah would have been seemingly impossible. God will often provide for you in the most unlikely place through the most unlikely source. It's interesting that God wasn't only interested in providing for Elijah's physical needs, but also his spiritual needs. The name of the brook that God called Elijah to go to, the Kerith Brook, actually means a cutting or separation. Elijah was being separated from a threat, and then he was having God cut away in shaping Elijah into all he was called to be. Sometimes the wilderness that we feel opposes the abundance of the promised land is actually part of the process preparing us to live in all of the purposes and promises that still lie ahead for our lives. In the midst of your wilderness, God will protect you, providing in the most unlikely place through the most unlikely source while preparing you within his purposes. In John chapter 15 verse 2, we see the principle of cutting as part of the process of God's preparation of our lives. It says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. What may God be cutting from your life in the wilderness as preparation for his promises? You see, God provided both physically and spiritually for Elijah in the wilderness, and God will provide for you too. Now, up to this point, Elijah had experienced this provision from God in the most unlikely place through the most unlikely source, but then things got worse while in the wilderness. Doesn't it always tend to do that? If you're in need of provision, suddenly everything else that could go wrong tends to go wrong all at the same time. I know there are times where like, You know, the fridge we had for the last 12 years of our marriage suddenly packs up and literally in the same week, the washing machine does the same and then we start having problems with the vacuum cleaner. Now, Elijah would have been feeling a very similar frustration at this point because the brook that had been giving him the water he needed suddenly ran dry. Verse 7 says, But after a while the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Elijah had been sent into a wilderness place that opposed what looked like the abundance of the promised land. Right there in the wilderness, God provided for him in supernatural ways. And in the middle of provisions, suddenly the brook that gave him the water he needed dried up. Now, the interesting thing we must remember is that the reason there was no rain was because God was revealing his power over the idols of Israel through Elijah. And so Elijah had declared earlier to King Ahab, there will be no rain until I say so, because he was proving that his God was the true God over the false gods that Ahab and the nation of Israel had been worshiping. That means that Elijah's lack of provision of water was directly linked to God's purposes rather than being punishment. 
Sometimes we feel like we are in need of God's provision and he's withholding it because we've done something wrong. Or maybe because we messed up and didn't, you know, um, give as much as we should have given. Um, But what if it is a direct link to his purposes that you simply don't understand? In fact, sometimes it's when we start getting serious about following Jesus and we begin to actually trust him that suddenly we find ourselves in these wilderness uh, seasons of our lives needing provision. I wonder how many of those experiences are actually part of God's purposes and not the punishment or the neglect of your need. You see, if your need is linked to God's purposes, he will still continue to provide in the most unexpected places through the most unexpected sources. And in verse 8, we see how this provision continued for Elijah when he needed water. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Now, what we must understand here is that God was going to continue providing for Elijah in a land ruled by Jezebel's father, Ethbal. It was enemy territory. It was the very land from which Baal worship now being promoted in Israel had come. Further to that, he was going to be given food and water by a poor widow from a pagan nation representing the forces set against God's kingdom. God's provision is not determined by the place you find yourself in or the people you are faced with. Very often we can fall victim to our circumstances, but I want you to hear today that God's provision is not determined by the place you find yourself in or the people you are faced with. From verse 10 to 12, we then read of Elijah's interaction with the widow. It says, So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread too? But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread. And she went on to say, you know, she was cooking the last meal for her and her son before they died. And then it goes on to say, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. And now I want you to listen to what verse 14 says. Elijah goes on and says, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Until the time the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. Your wilderness experience is a season and not a life sentence. You need to push through holding on and believing God to do what only God will do because you can know with confidence that your wilderness experience is a season and not a life sentence. Verse 15 continues, So the widow did what Elijah had said. Now I can imagine how difficult it must have been for this widow to do what Elijah had said, to give him bread when they were dying of hunger. I would be like, hey, That's a cheek. How can you be asking me for the last of what I have, knowing I'm about to die after I've had this last meal? Come on. And for you and I in our walk with God and in our personal lives, our human experience, the wilderness seasons can tempt us to give up on God or do things our own way. This widow could have very easily said to him, are you crazy? I'm not giving you any. I'm doing this my way and continuing what I just said I would do without giving you any bread first. And we can very often feel like in these seasons, God, you're not showing up. I'm giving up on you and I'm going to do it the way I think I need to do it in my own strength. 
Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 to 10 from the message translation are words of encouragement to us when we feel like giving up on God. It says, so let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. At the right time. Elijah had earlier said, until the time when God brings the rains. If we don't give up, we will have a moment. And at the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Because your wilderness experience is a season and not a life sentence. And for this widow, as a result of her obedience to Elijah's instruction, as a result of her willingness to not give up, to push through, we read of what happened in verse 15. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Today, I believe that you need to hear this. Your wilderness experience is a season and not a life sentence. And in the midst of your wilderness, God will protect you, providing in the most unlikely place through the most unlikely source, while preparing you within his purposes. If we can hold on to that by faith, not giving up, I believe we will see God lead us into those seasons of abundance with the harvests and the rains that bring life and life to the full as Jesus has promised us. As we land today, I want to encourage you with the words written in the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 to 34 from the message translation. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wild flowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. God's got this. God will provide. And if we can believe that about God's word, then we can put into place the words of Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 in the Bible that says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. And then the peace that transcends all understanding will guard your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. Right now, maybe you need to pause. Maybe you need to relook at your circumstances and the place you find yourself in and see it through the message you've just heard, praying back to God and letting him know where it is that you need his provision. And I pray that the peace that transcends all understanding would then guard your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus.